How do you do, Udaloo? It's Hotline League episode 61. I am so excited to be joining all of you lovely individuals out there in in the on the World Wide Web uh, that we're broadcasting live uh, across the World Wide Web. If you've got your Winamp open, uh, feel free to put in the feed and everything will be great. Uh, <laughs> it's so good to be back. Uh, there's a ton of stuff we're going to be talking about tonight. I don't know what, but you all do, and we'll be taking your calls to find out what that is shortly. Of course, uh, really important to say, this show is sponsored by Alienware. A little depth of field action going on, but if you if you look through the blur, you'll see a bunch of Alienware stuff behind me. I don't know what Mark is doing, but he's really excited about it. You can see I'm, his I'm headphones. Just, I'm, kind of, I'm just trying to zoom in on the uh, the, the, heads, the, the headset, the yeah. Alienware. I didn't turn my head, so I, I didn't really think this, this part out. This yeah, is better. There we go. This, that's what we'll go back and say, listen, we know we were going to give you that custom slate at the beginning of the show, but here's Mark zooming into his <laughs> headset a ton. Hope you guys like it. Uh, either way, let's go ahead and introduce my uh, guests for this week, my co-host, whatever. My constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman, is right in the, that box right there. How's it going, Mark? Uh, it's going. Um, so first week of LCS was popping. There's Twitch Rivals last week, which we didn't actually get a chance to cover since we didn't really do a Hotline League last week. Uh, and then I filmed... This is the week that we're starting to film a bunch of stuff for offline TV. So if you saw some of the pictures from yesterday, uh, that first episode was filmed for something that will come out next week, hopefully. So it's a pretty active and busy time. And I think my power ranking sucked. I'll just go out and say it. I think I'm going to be way off. Like, more off than I've ever been on a power ranking video. Well, I, I really want to get it, into it, that in a second because people are really excited uh, I don't think um, it's a surprise that the less the least effort I ever put into a power ranking video is probably going to be my worst like accuracy one as well. Yeah, you should do a remake of the power ranking. We'll just, <laughs> just redo it, delete, delete the video, it, and, and re-upload a new one. And it's just based off of all the updates for this week. You just go down yeah. the list. Well, wasn't it last year that like you? Did constant like updating to your power rankings? Uh, on GLT, week? we would we would do a a week over week one for GLT. Yeah. yeah, I might just do a tweet version of that moving forward. I I'd like it if you did a video. And hey, while you're at it, let's host it on my channel again because that worked out really well. You know, start paying me for that. <laughs> you know, we can talk about it. <laughs> I know a guy. Yeah, I'm with you, if, No, no, no. Well, you can get fifty percent of the YouTube CPM. <laughs> Kelby, uh, I know that the video I'm making. most sports media places, uh, power rankings are very highly sought after commodities by sponsors. Do you think you could make that happen? <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. totally. Great. Uh, that This is a confidence you need from a sales team, everyone. That's it's about the same level of confidence I received at CBSI and Yahoo from their sales teams. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of sales teams, Kelby May is our guest for tonight. How's it going, Kelby? Great. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, it's it's been really busy as of late, but uh, I was I was pretty surprised. Uh, I know that the first week of LCS results tends to be like pretty volatile, even beyond that. But um, yeah, I was still surprised by some of the matches. Not surprised by others, but it'll probably it's looking to be a more competitive season than i anticipated if this continues what have you been up to recently dude i'm just grinding man i'm, I'm this is like renewal season for uh for sponsorships so we are like i'm out doing a, a ton of work uh just trying to get 
people on the loaded roster deals. Get them yeah. hooked up. By the way, we've got Jack, Nick, and Steve in the chat. So everybody be on your best behavior, everyone. Please so only say respectful things about their teams. Can we My do three th- favorite team owners. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. We should do a thing where the three of us step back and we put them in, in the, in the uh, picture slots and the three of them kind of host the show. Yeah, that's great. And then we still sell it to Alienware and whoever else. I don't mean then- this is a long-term thing. I just mean this episode since all three are here and we have, fortunately, a three-box setup. Yeah. So. Nice. And Kelby, you're getting ready to move down here, right? Yep, next week. I move on Thursday. And Wait, Friday. where do you live right now? In San Francisco. I'm still... Mark, this is literally the same apartment shot that I've had for like four years on, or like however long on the show. Is it insulting if I said Do you I pay attention know. to me at all? The no. entire time you thought he lived in LA? I, I don't, I, I just didn't know it was in San Francisco. Like it makes sense. You work at Twitch, but like there's other people who work at Twitch and are in, in SoCal. Oh yeah, yeah, no. I, I live in downtown San Francisco, but we're moving next week. To Marina Del Rey. I absolutely love that Mark had no idea where Kelby lived. Yep. Uh, okay. Thanks, Mark. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. By the way, uh, you said that you were surprised by some of the results this, uh, this week in Kelby. You know who was definitely surprised? The guy who went zero five in predictions on the analyst desk on the first day. <laughs> Mark. Zimmerman. I don't think. I don't think anyone of the analysts I know. Except for maybe Kobe had a better than 50% pick rate on that day. So I don't feel that bad about that. I feel, I'll be honest, I feel worse about my end of season power rankings probably than I, than I do about going 0-5. I don't give a fuck about going 0-5, honestly. On the first day of the season before you see anyone play, I don't care. I, I will say this. If people can go back and watch Notline League uh, from last week where I made my predictions, I know I'm not an analyst, but I had a better than 50% rating. I forget if you did or didn't. I did. I, I predicted uh, the only two that I got wrong on the first day was I had uh, Golden Guardians winning and CLG winning. Yeah. Those yeah. are two I got wrong. And by too. the way, everyone should have predicted those and everyone should be disappointed in those two teams for, <laughs> for not pulling it through. <laughs> I agree. Considering <laughs> what was going on. Yeah. I mean, with their Nick, Nick might still be in the chat, but I feel like them losing to a, an academy team was. <clears throat> hey, an academy team plus a world champion. Let's be. Yeah. Let's give him some credit in that loss. He was not a recent world champion. I mean, I think if you look, he was his team at Worlds was like the academy team of Worlds uh, last last. They year. still made it from Korea. Yeah. Well, regardless, uh, that was interesting. Uh, and then your power rankings, you got. <laughs> I know we referenced this a little bit at the beginning, but it was great because you rushed me the power rankings at midnight the night before. I posted it right before the games went live. And and then all the comments that I've seen, because I look at the analytics app from YouTube and it gives you all the comments as they're getting updated on stuff. And all the comments are just like, LOL, this guy thought Clutch was going to be last. LOL. Well, so it's, it's funny because if you go look at it just on a, a web browser, all the most upvoted comments are more just like memeing about me posting it on your channel. There's really no like commentary on like the quality of the analysis. So it's only the new one. So just don't sort by new. Yeah. And, you know, it's fine. Well, I I really enjoyed uh, how that went down. I'm I'm kind of surprised with some of the the results from this past weekend, but quite frankly, I don't feel like there's anything that's too shocking. Like we didn't have any crazy upsets, right? Um, I think the Golden Guardians going zero two, given 
community perception about that team is the most surprising thing. If yeah. I can, and, and maybe Clutch going 2-0, but that's debatable. Yeah. <clears throat> Holy shit, Jack says Jack, CLG's Jack just gonna said save. CLG is going to save GGS from four splits <laughs> of 10th place in a row. Yowza, dude. Jack. They have children. Jax is on. Jax is. They literally have children, by the way. That both BGS and CLG, uh, team operators. I yeah. Jax just out with a scythe today. He's blasted Steve's sponsor relations on Twitter. Tweet, holy shit! Blow it up, Nick and Hunter on Fuck. Twitch chat. <laughs> That's a yikes. Um, all right. I'm trying to think of any other big. So, I mean, obviously, the big stuff to talk about this weekend is the first weekend of LCS. Mm-hmm. Um, we can we can talk. Oh, we can talk about St. Louis getting announced. The yes. spring finals location. Happy about that for for once they announce it months ahead of time. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, we'll see how long sure. it takes for them to put tickets on sale because that's often a problem that they run into is they'll announce it and then like, hey, everyone, tickets go on sale three weeks before the event. Good luck getting them, and hopefully you can buy a plane ticket. Um. And then also the MSI location, which I am very excited about, uh, Vietnam. A little less excited about Taiwan just because I've been there before. And uh, But I, I'm really excited about Vietnam. And I've heard amazing things about their league community. So I think that's going to be a, a great barrel of fun. Travis, can I, can I interrupt with one tangent before sure. we get to callers? Yeah. So the anime poster behind Mark, closest to his head, the top one on the right... What does that look like to you? <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Let me see if I can kind of like can you zoom in on it's, it. It's it's kind of small for people, but for me, wait, it's the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. This is hard to do. It's got to focus. It, on. That doesn't help. Does it, it not help? Is it not giving more clarity? And it still looks very questionable. <laughs> No, you can see it. It's a it's a girl getting a piggyback ride from a guy with like this weird head. You can totally make that out. I actually don't know what that's from either. It's it's uh these are not my posters. <clears throat> Woo! I just looked there and I was like, "Wow. <laughs> that's a poster." Maybe we should get into the Yes, yeah, it's, it's pun poon poon or pun pun or whatever it's called. I feel like it's actually safer to have random strangers call into the show and talk than to have you two talk so far based off of how the show's gone. Uh, <laughs> and we, I, I don't want this to happen, but in some ways No, no, I'm not gonna finish that thought. Yeah, thank God. All right, could we you wanna explain how the call system works, Mark? Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into it or no? Well, I'm trying to think. That's obviously the big stuff, right? Like the big What about news you, is... Travis? What's what's new for you? You said us two. Is there anything popping yeah. in the world of Travis Gafford? No. Oh, I filmed the first uh, set of interviews for Playmaker Season 2. Uh, I will, for those that don't remember, Playmakers was a series of interviews I did with Riot folks. Uh, one of the people I interviewed, it, actually, I'll just tell you all four of them. Uh, one of them is Matthew Mer- uh Ma- McConaughey? Uh-huh. <laughs> you asked, Mark. I thought you were going to say Matthew, and then you kind of stuttered the, the second name out, so I thought it was Matthew McC- McConaughey. He doesn't work it right. Matthew Manorino, he's a creative uh, lead. He did the Odyssey stuff last year. Uh, Bridget Davidson, who works on, or worked on the esports stuff, not anymore, but talked about her history at Riot. We talked to... 
uh, Stephanie D, who is a producer at Riot Bay, which is a place where they're working on unannounced projects. What, how do you spell Bay? B a y. It's located oh. in uh, Red Redwood City, Redmond. Red, where's the Bay area? No, is yeah, it's me? it's Redwood City, I think. Yeah, uh, and then the last interview is with an individual named Certainly T, who you may know as a designer oh of shit, yeah. as the guy who designed my least favorite champions to play against. Yeah, we talked about a lot of different stuff. He's it's actually a really good interview. I'm excited about it. So yeah, I actually think the ones where you interview people that are like somewhat poorly viewed in the community's eyes are often the most insightful because it's a different perspective versus someone who like aligns with community perception. Yeah. It's really fun. I talked to Evan and we just talked candidly about the community perception around some of his champions and stuff. So which For, champions did he do that you're he did like all the reputation champions like Thresh, Yasuo, uh um, rework, I think. Yeah. A ton of a ton of stuff. Dude, Yasuo and Thresh own though. Well, that's part of the problem is they're very strong. Um, let's go into calls, though, because it's it's been a bit, Mark. All right. So if you guys have never seen the show before and this is your first time watching, this is a live call-in show. And so I'm spamming uh, Twitch chat with Discord in the most obnoxious way possible. Go ahead and join up with the Discord. And when you get here, you're going to want to join Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2. You can mute your mic once you're in there. Uh, and then in the pleb topics text channel, you're going to go ahead and post whatever it is you want to talk to us about. Uh, it's best if you have a take or opinion. So don't just say, I want to talk about TL. Say something like, I think TL will go undefeated. I think TL will definitely end number one or something. Uh, if we like your take, we'll pull you from that pleb calls channel that you're sitting in into the waiting room where you'll hang out until it's your time to come on and talk. I'll pop into the room, do a quick mic check, and assuming everything's good, we'll pull you into the on-air room, and then you'll be ready to join us on discussioning things and stuff. There you go. And if you are a sub, which, by the way, shout out to all the subs, uh, my sub count has fallen to abysmal numbers. We're a third of what we once were, and it's really... That's how my self-worth is uh, as well these days. But... Uh, if you are a sub, you can get access to the subtopics channel. You can drop your topic in there. You just make sure that you connect your Twitch and your Discord accounts, and uh, that will help you. Uh, it moves a little slower, so you have a bit of an advantage there as well. Um, and we check both channels, so there you go. Uh, without further ado, I don't know if you're starting to pull uh, people, Mark. But... Yeah, I, I can grab the first one. Okay, cool. And while you're doing that, I'll read off a couple, speaking of subs, of subs. For this week, as my stuff loads up, where are we? Uh, Darking, 13 months. Pokemon383, who I saw this weekend at LCS, 5 months. Craig Yorger for 10 months. Mistaman0423, Minipoppin, Balloon, Liquid112 for 12 months. A year-long sub. Damn. Uh, Gamer 8 months. Fin Phineas, LOL. Uh, Kendo Slice. Coco Sanchez, 11 months, getting close. Davros, 26, who's happy about Kelby being here. Full Metal Samurai, Voter Michael. And Paradox, the only, <laughs> is here right now. Paradox, the only, where are you calling from? Uh, from Iowa City, Iowa. Iowa City. I, I didn't even know there was an Iowa City in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say Iowa initially, but yeah, it's yeah. a pretty popping place. Is it? Yeah, actually, it is. Um, it's a college town, so. I'm cool. be honest, I am surprised to know that any place in <laughs> Iowa is popping. Yeah, I, I know. It's actually negative 55 right now. So Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can look it up. Oh, my yeah. 
God, uh, I'm sorry. It was 65 (laughs) here today. Yeah, I know. I've been out to the uh, Santa Clarita area before I used to live there. Yeah. I just, I, it's actually really bad. I should stop telling people on the show how great California is because we, I don't want any <laughs> people to live here. You know what? It's great. <laughs> Enjoy your 55 degree weather. Bad. Um, and don't die. <laughs> I'll try not to. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, so I just had the hot take that I think that COG and Going Gardens will still make playoffs. I like how this is now a hot take. The hot take <laughs> after this weekend is that they will, they have a chance at making playoffs or that they will make playoffs. So you, do you right. think both then, of them or yeah. only one of them? Uh, both of them. I'm very confident in that. Okay. All right. So go ahead and elaborate. Yeah. So, I mean, for one, it being a hot take, I think that's only because the consensus is that a lot of people think they're like crap teams right now, but the split is an 18-game split, so there's still a lot of games left to be played. Yeah. And this, uh, just for COG specifically, the bot lane is at least a top five bot lane, if not better. Uh, I just think that they may might need a little bit more time to start playing better. And then for Golden Guardians, they have Hanser, who I'd say looked pretty well in the first two games, minus that Rise uh, TP or the Rise ulti play that was kind of questionable. Can we talk really quickly? Sorry to make this about me, but <laughs> it's a common thread. Uh, I Hi, Mark. Um, I got blasted at the end of last year for being skeptical about the Froggen pickup. And everyone was like, Froggen's amazing. What are you talking about? Shut up, Travis. How dare you? I mean, uh, I, I, why don't I start off by asking you, our dear caller, uh, Paradox Only, how do you feel about Froggen's performance this past weekend? So I was actually, so I, I wouldn't be one to berate you for saying that about Froggen, but I actually was a high believer of Froggen. I actually told my brother the same thing. I thought he was going to do really well in NA, but... He looked subpar in the first two games. So, I mean, basically anyone that said that he wasn't going to perform was right. So, Yeah, I mean, I'm not so, saying he's not going to perform. I just don't know if he was the right pickup for Golden Guardians. And quite frankly, this weekend did not make me feel like I believed more. Well, I think Froggen is, in the past, he's really good individually in regards to getting his CS numbers and getting to late game. But I think why I thought it was going to work good for Golden Gardens is that I thought they were going to play around Hanser a lot more. And then maybe like a, a Hanser and Contracts a top jungle duel would like take over early game. And then by late game, Froggen would be uh, scaled up. But in this meta, it's a very early game, mid game meta. Yeah. So, Mark, I mean, going, going back to your power rankings, you had GGS coming in at fifth and CLG at sixth, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm curious to see. This is interesting, right? Because do you still believe you believed with the call? Sell, of, sell, time. sell. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm not super confident in them. I was always a bit of a doubter on the move too, like Travis. But I I think I get my I let myself get swayed by other people's opinions. Plus, so <laughs> I I didn't do as much. So what I usually do is I'll talk to a lot of teams, and I will usually go to a team house. And I will like sit in on a day of scrims with someone to understand the meta and all this stuff. One, the meta wasn't that different, so I didn't feel super compelled to. Like it's still Urgot, Akali, Lissandra, yada yada yada. So I didn't feel like I need to learn that. And then I was really busy, so I didn't end up going to a team house and quizzing them on like who's doing well or not. And so I talked to some people after the first couple day of scrims way back at the start of January, and they said Golden Guardians look good. Yep. After week one, I talked to a couple more people about like what's going on behind the scenes. And apparently, they're getting slammed in scrims, according to some people. Uh, and so I had 
this is why I was saying I did the least effort I've ever put into my power ranking videos. And like, this, I'm now bearing the fruit of that. Like I wasn't super confident on golden guardians, but I let myself buy into the hype and what I heard from other people. And then sure enough, it's all like a load of shit basically. Um, so I'm not super confident in golden guardians. Like, yes, they can still turn it around. This is not like a death sentence after week one, but they did not look good at all. And, uh, I heard Froggen hasn't been doing super well. Uh, some people think he's super washed up. And uh, Hauntzer, he did look good, but you need to realize that like the team was putting him pretty heavily in positions to look good in individual situations. Like a Vladimir top lane and a Rise top lane should basically win those lanes. And he did, but then he didn't actually like take over the game from there or anything like that. And he was split pushing on an island a lot of the time. So like I don't think he actually I don't think Hauntzer looked that good this this weekend either i thought he was given like very selfish champions and he played selfishly and then the team lost which is not super impressive yeah yeah i definitely feel that too uh, I, I think what I, what I was saying is that so correct me if i'm wrong i'm using uh, another instance the someday into broken blade victor into scion doesn't victor win that matchup uh barely barely it's, okay it's because uh so i was talking to Azale a fair about mm -hmm. that matchup and it, it's been played a couple times in korea and stuff like that and uh Scion's doing well if he if he's even farming and if right. he if he, if he's doing really well then you have some kill threat onto him sometimes, um, but it's still Victor favored. It's just like you don't shit on him like people are used to seeing Victor shit on top laners. Uh -huh. Okay, I guess the only reason I was using that uh, as a comparison is that I think although that you can be set up to succeed by your team, you still need to do it too. Like it's not mm -hmm. as simple as just being put all the resources and it would just happen every time. I still think that the player has to be of a caliber to do that. Uh, so that's what I meant by Hanser uh, performing well. But I, I definitely think at the very least, Hanser should be at a, uh, at least a top five top laner. And Contracts, I mean, Contracts didn't perform as good as I thought he did. Because I actually, I'm a small content creator too, and I had Contracts as the second best jungler in this split. That's what I thought he'd be performing to. But he definitely hasn't been looking like that either. So I think that's where most of my faith came from for this Golden Guardians team is uh, the Hanser and Contracts duel. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I bought into the hype too, dude, and both of us are going to look silly for it, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a long season. It's a long season. I'm still sticking to my guns. I mean, that's basically all I can say at this point is like, uh, I look retarded week one, but like, <laughs> hold out for week nine, bros. But I think we're both going to look silly with that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. How uh, did Ole look in week one? Terrible. terrible. Yeah. yeah, he didn't. He, trolling, trolling. Trolling, so, for sure. <laughs> I put a lot of stock. Yeah, I had I had a Golden Guardians fifth and CLG sixth, just like you, Mark. Um, I put a lot of stock into Golden Guardians because I like Travis. I didn't think that Froggen was an amazing pickup, but I thought that he would still do what he always did well, which is like you know go even in CS and with the rest of the talent on his team, that would be enough for them to be like a fifth place team. Uh, but I put a lot of stock in Ole as well to kind of raise the lane with Deftly, and now I'm, like, mm -hmm. concerned that, like, without Peter, uh, I, I had Ole as the, as the second uh, best support in the league, potentially. Um, so, like, if he's, if he's really, like, not performing that well without Peter, it, it gives me, like, pause for concern. And also, like, we, I think we know previously, like, uh, he might have self-confidence issues if things don't go super well and on TL, you know, he was in a fortunate enough situation where they they were always pretty much riding high. So I just hope that they can recover. Did you Yeah, so I hope they can't who was your first sake. Best support, Kelby. 
Uh, oh, maybe I had him third or fourth. Uh, first save. was Core JJ. Yeah, I had him. At and se- I think I had second was maybe Smoothie or yeah, Zazel. He was he was but he was high. I had him high. Yeah, I think back like Immortal Smoothie was the best in the league. TL Smoothie was like maybe top or uh, not. I keep saying Smoothie. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ole. Ole. Yeah. yeah. And then I think TL Ole was kind of variable between like third and like fifth, but now it's like fifth or lower because you have Core JJ, Afro, Smoothie, Zazel, who are all like super good. Hakuho is really consistent and good, and like he almost never looks as bad as Ole looks when Ole looks bad. So like you have a lot of people who are starting to pass him up. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So are you sticking to your guns on the they're going to make playoffs? Yeah, I, I mean, no. or, oh, paradox. Calm down. Yeah, uh, no, I definitely am. Like I said, it's only one weekend. Like in comparison to other sports as well, where like a, a team has a bad first week or you know first couple of weeks. I mean, it's a long season. And I'm, I'm still confident in Hanser's past experience. Uh, for, I mean, Froggen has the experience as well at a high level. So does Ole. I think that at the very least, they should be fighting for the last playoff spot. Um, that differs very much from my power rank. Is I actually had Golden Guardians in fourth place. So I might have gotten too much stock into them, but I'm so confident in them getting to playoffs or at least challenging for that last spot. So I definitely think Golden Guardians should be better than what they showed this weekend. Uh, whether oh, or not they can turn it around, I don't know. But I, I have a lot of faith in Dana and an arrow to make that uh, happen. On the CLG front, it's interesting because I was really, and I've said this before, really <laughs> disappointed in CLG's decision to only change 40% of their roster. Um, and... And now you see them <clears throat> doing really weird stuff like, oh, clearly Mark's lost faith in Team Liquid. Uh, now you see them <laughs> doing really weird stuff like bringing in Academy players. And I don't know. I also, you know, I he, I know he watches the show and he's an aggressive guy, but I do not <laughs> think I would have put Weldon as head coach. And so I agreed or disagreed a lot with some of the changes that, they yeah. made during the off season and some of the changes they didn't. So I think I was always really skeptical about CLG, but I did have them six. And part of the reason I had them six was because I had less faith in other teams like FlyQuest and Optic. Yeah. Optic came in with an Academy team this week or Academy roster and crown. Um, I don't know, Mark, I don't know if they looked like if it was just that they were playing teams that were not great, but I thought that they looked better than I would have certainly expected them to look uh, and then FlyQuest, I think, actually looked pretty decent. You know, like FlyQuest might be the sleeper. They might kind of fill the Golden Guardians role that I think we expected. So it's it's interesting because CLG might actually rank lower, I think not necessarily because yeah, they could. it's just like these other teams are better. Yeah. Uh, I think it's both. Because I, I have a similar line of thinking as you, Travis, where I was initially thinking that, okay, even if CLG doesn't pan out super well, like they'll still beat out a bunch of these other teams. Yeah. Um, but now I'm not convinced of that. Paradox, you're... you're uh, yeah, Paradox, uh, any final thoughts? Sorry, we're going to... I'm what? You're Maybe? echoing a little bit, so I think we'll just uh, okay, okay. say goodbye because we've also for ended sure. the topic. So any, anything yeah, that you want to say on the way out? Uh, just the last thing for Going Gardens is that... I. I forgot to touch on Enero and uh, Danan. Uh, I actually have great faith in Enero as well as Danan. Danan actually graduated at my university here, University of Iowa. So I actually know him through our league club. Nice. Um, so actually, he's a great guy. He has a good mindset. And I think that Golden Gardens will resurge back by the end of the season, get to playoffs. Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much, Paradox, for the call. Yeah, thank you very much. And keep holding it down. Try to stay warm. <laughs> well, thank you. Bye. 
Uh, we can do one more call, uh, Mark, before we go to the break. I just wanted to throw in real quick about the CLG topic. Um, I'm really concerned for them too. Uh, just because like Echo Fox, Clutch, and FlyQuest all looks... I don't know who looks worse than the league than them right now. It's like between them and Golden Guardians. And I have more faith in Golden Guardians, I think, to, to figure things out. So, yikes. Yeah. yeah. Did and CLG it, play that bad against TL? I read that they like didn't actually do that bad. No, they didn't. So I think the way the TL game worked was TL just didn't give a fuck about making anything happen because they knew that they were better and going to win as long as they didn't mm. fuck up. Okay. And so like CLG had a couple of like instances where they almost could have like got a lead in the game, but Core JJ like outplayed them a bunch of times to make it happen. Uh, and then eventually TL just like turned on and, and murdered them. But like. It didn't really feel like TL felt any pressure to make their own plays for a long period of time, and eventually oh. they just kind of won. Yeah, yeah, Dana yeah. in the chat, by the way, uh, right now as well. The CLG thing kind of breaks my heart because I, it's, I, people have asked me before, like, are you a fan of any team in particular? And and no, not really. It's being a part of the industry, you tend to like not really fanboy over certain teams. I'm critical of more teams certainly than others, but with CLG, like, you hate to see an organization that was basically the first league esports team start to fall. And it feels like that as a brand and as competitors, they've just been slipping year over year for a while. And if they do come in 10th split, that's going to be really disappointing. So hopefully they can at least put it on a good showing. This oh, They've been relegated game. before. They never got relegated. They've gone to relegations. They went to relegation. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. A couple times. Under Kel you're right. Actually, ever since Kelby left, they've been at least in a better position. Uh, those were the true dark days. Uh, all right, you want to pull or you want to go grab somebody else? Oh, he is. Uh, Davros26, thank you for the five months. Full Metal Samurai, Boater Michael. How's it going, Boater Michael? Uh, Brawler Yukon, five. Smallung, four months. I love you, chat, 14 months. There you go. Uh, thank you for the full year. Uh, Brawler Yukon, 109 bits. I am Elvis, 12 months. Congratulations on a year. Kingdom Hearts 3 and Kelby May on my 12-month anniversary. Best night ever. Uh, that's what's up, 777, for three months. And who says, thanks for being the dad I already have, but I like having two. And Blue Jay 1344 for 11 months. Uh, Kazer 99. Dragon Mancers is in the call. Dragon Mancers, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Dallas. Dallas. Okay, how's it going in Dallas? Is it super cold there? Uh, it's been pretty chilly recently. Uh, I think we it got really chilly yesterday morning. Nice. Well, I'm going to be going to Austin for South by Southwest this year, which is not Dallas, but is in the same state. Okay. We don't care about that. Was there a hook there I missed? What? What do you want to talk about on the show tonight, Dragon Bancers? Maybe we should just move on to that. Oh, uh, well, since Kelby's on the show tonight, uh, recently I've been seeing a lot of LEC rebranding stuff, talking about their sponsorships and how LCS has been seemed to be lacking. In comp uh, and I just wanted to talk about that with Kelby since he's on. But, uh, by the way, as an, as an interesting aside, I've heard at least one NALCS owner, well, now LCS, uh, sent a very frustrated email to Riot about the all the sponsors that got announced for LAC and kind of the lack of that for LCS so far. I don't know, Kelby, did you see all the stuff that got announced? They've got Kia and Shell and a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I mean, so 
what did you want me to talk about with specifics here? Did you want me to just shit on NA and praise <laughs> LEC or like what do you, what was your like what do you want a reaction to or what do you want me to wax poetically on? Uh, it just seems like a lot of people have been saying like there's a huge difference and I know what there's like um State Farm, the Jersey Mike's. Yeah. And it's not seen as as big as Kia and Shell and stuff. And I was mm -hmm. curious, sort of like your perspective on that. Because in my opinion, I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not someone who has any experience at all in right. this field. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's as big a gap between the two regions as a lot of people have been saying. Gotcha. In terms so of I've what? Sponsor. Just like sponsorships and like the weight of those sponsorships. I mean, there's certainly not as big of a gap. Well, there is a gap now, but it's... EU is killing it on the sponsorship side. I don't know, Kelby, what do you think? Yeah, so I would say that there's there's a couple of things to take into consideration here, which we don't have full context of, and really probably only Riot and the team owners in their respective regions have context of. Assuming it's never that stopped is, you before, Kelby. I'm I'm just providing. Anyways, he's uh, ramping so, into it. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me continue. So. Um, so just because a sizable brand is attached as, as a sponsor or a smaller brand is attached as a sponsor, unless we know the compensation being offered and what the deliverables are in turn for that, we can't really like evaluate the sponsor deal, right? Like we've had clothing sponsors come into the space before, like Adidas, for example, like a couple years ago was a sponsor of Copenhagen Wolves. And people see like Adidas and they think like, wow, these guys must be getting a ton of money. But Oftentimes, it is the case that like an organization will do a deal with a brand where they're taking less compensation because they can't demand it, or they're they're willing to provide uh, a lower level of deliverables. It it has been the rumor that for North American League of Legends, uh, one of the big reasons that they haven't had as many sponsors in the past is because they've had a very, very high bar that they've set as far as what they were willing to provide on the deliverable side and what they were looking for in terms of compensation. It could be that LEC is, you know, asking for less in terms of compensation and also willing to offer more in terms of deliverables. We don't know. Riot has that insight. I will say, though, regardless of, you know, if they're willing to give away sponsorships below market rate or whatever it would be, Historically, in my experience, and I think generally across the industry, selling in Europe has been much more difficult than it has been in North America because the way that a lot of marketing budgets work in Europe is that like in US, we have like companies that are not like fragmented across different languages and regions. Like you have a US budget or North American budget and all the brands filter in through that. In Europe, it's like you have like Coke in the Netherlands and the UK and like France and like it's often fragmented. So getting a deal that combines all regions like the LEC does is often very difficult to do. Um, so I think that the fact that they've been able to get this many sponsors, regardless of like, you know, what their barrier of entry is and what they're willing to provide in comparison to North America is really impressive, especially considering Chopper in Travis's video talked about how oftentimes big sponsor deals especially for NALCS, which tends to be a leader into a global sponsorship, can have a very long lead time. It's, it's, it's very common, like, with the Evil Geniuses Comcast deal that we did, um, like, we had, like, a two-and-a-half-year pitch process to get Comcast in the door to sponsor Evil Geniuses. 
And, you know, Evil Genius is not as big of an organization as Riot is. So it would not surprise me if that is a longer pitch process. But LEC, which just spun up as a franchise league, you know, like six months ago, they probably went out and started pitching, is, has been able to get these deals off the ground and going by the time that the league started. So I would say props to them. Um, I do think that NA has made some good progress. And the other thing as well, as we've noted, is that NA tends to kind of be the organization who is, it seems to be the rep, the, the agency body for selling worldwide deals, um, which, you know, potentially... Because you're uh, talking about how, for instance, we have the, like the Alienware deal, which yep. came in on... The MasterCard deal. And, well, MasterCard is not a... They don't sponsor any NA product. They only sponsor the global stuff. Right, right. But yeah, that's NA, that's like, that's, I think that was still done through the NA office. Or am I mistaken? Well, there's that? a global team and there's yeah. a uh, there's an NA team, right? And honestly, so I now Does know the that they do have a new sales slash biz dev guy for North America. But previously, mm -hmm. uh, Nas, who I feel comfortable bringing up on the show because I did yeah. an interview with her and she's now out there in the public, um, she was, from my understanding, handling global stuff and North America stuff, right? So, so that's yeah. what I'm saying is that if she's responsible for global and North America, then the, her region that she was responsible for is going to suffer as a result because if you're just selling for LEC and not selling for global, and global deals certainly are going to take a lot longer, um, then, you know, like, it allows you to be more specialized. Uh, just like it, we often see, like, in the sales space, like, we split up endemic and non-endemic sales because the endemic sales process is so much simpler and easier than non-endemics. So this is what uh, I brought up with Chopper, though. Like, it's it's frustrating. I think and, um, LCS owners should be f potentially frustrated because LEC has the benefit of the central team selling in sponsorships like the Alienware one across mm -hmm. their stuff and the global stuff. But then they also have what seems to be like, a, and have had for a while, like a dedicated sales team also selling their own stuff, whereas it seems like North America hasn't had that type of support. So it's it, like, I can understand why an LCS owner would be really frustrated. They've, they've, their, their league has existed. Their franchise league has existed for an entire year ahead of LC, uh, LAC, but they mm -hmm. haven't been able to get the type of sponsorships that LAC has been able to get in such a short time. Yep. I mean, I, I've, I've talked about this before. I've uh, been really, really harsh on Riot in the past. I do think that uh, if Riot wanted to to open the door, and I do not know what they're looking for in terms of compensation for the level of deliverables that they're willing to provide. As I've said in the past, I think if they are willing to play with what the market is bearing in that regard, it would not be difficult for them to sign up a good number of sponsors relatively quickly. But... You know, they, they have their process, uh, they have their standards, it's up between them and the team owners to arrive in a level of expectations that they think is appropriate, and I hope that they are working towards that point together. Chimpio and Chess's NA hired their B2B sponsorship guy in October, I've spoken with him multiple times. I think it's probably the same person that I've spoken to. By the way, I always do really like it when somebody I've never, like, I, I don't recognize the name Chimpio. He doesn't have like a verified name next to him, but it's always interesting when people who have like random names in chat are like, I've talked to this person multiple times or I know about this stuff. Also, by the way, as we're talking about this, uh, for those that are watching the VOD or listening to the podcast, Jack in chat says NA is going to be fine, but yeah, the LEC is doing very impressive work. I just like, 
that was there there were two things that made me really kind of disappointed um and i don't know how you feel about the stuff mark because maybe this broadens the topic out a little bit enough to wake you up but um (laughs) this is alcoholic yeah i don't care the um the two things that were really impressive about LEC is they announced all these sponsors and then they also had sick content coming out at the start of their split. And we didn't really see that at all during, oh, now that I shout out, see the James? decided to sub to the show. We didn't really see any the of that. James? What? You didn't see James's thing where they wiped the, NA okay. off board? I love their like rebrand video. That rebrand video could have been filmed by me and Broden in like a conference room in like 45 minutes and edited together. That is not anywhere comparable to the... <laughs> Of the videos that LEC was putting out, and by the way, I feel like I would rate the the video, the rebrand video, a five out of ten until the very last ten seconds, where they laugh about EU and then put the tagline up. Like it was a two minute video that should have, in my opinion, been like a sixty second video, uh, really with that punchline at the end. But regardless, you know, like you've got Froskren standing next to some like. Kia thing all hyped up. And that advertisement, in my opinion, did a lot to not only like excite people about the brand entering the space, but also hype up with the fact that like LEC is coming and they're like kicking down the door to get people excited. Meanwhile, in North America, it's like somebody grabbed the handy cam and get Dash in front of a whiteboard. We, we got some work to do. These people on Reddit are upset. There's no content coming out about LCS yet. It's like, come come on. Well, like, we're supposed to be the superior league. I make fun of that shit every month on my show. And they're, they're, they're coming in with all this lighting and, and fog machines and all this crazy shit. We've got Dash in front of a whiteboard. I mean, at the same time, we're not called Lek. That's true. So, you know, it's kind of... <laughs> Very true. Uh, so did you hear about, like, all the stuff that went into, like, how where all that came from or no hang on i don't feel comfortable breaking this but if it's already known you mean the legendary league of legends league no fuck it dude (laughs) really quickly jack following now it's steve and andy clearly people used to think that i was paid by these owners um what never has been the case up until i started doing the show because steve has gifted like 50 or 100 subs Andy is gifted, I think, 50, and now we got Jack gifting 50. So the holy Damn. trinity of owners are now clearly uh, shoving money into my pocket. So thank you to them. It's um, it's actually yeah. hilarious. Like when you were more corporate and you were like under on gamers and Yahoo Esports, but you were getting paid by a corporation to do things of whatever you wanted. People saw you as more sellout than like, hey, I'm grassroots and now I'm getting funded by team owners and now you're not a sellout. It's to actually be clear, I'm not getting funded by team owners. They're just gifting stuff unsolicited by, by chat. Jack literally just paid you like $100. 50 subs is not $100. 50, I don't know what Travis's cut is. <clears throat> NDA. All right, <laughs> uh, let's... <laughs> Jack's let's, very generous. Let's get back to it, though. Thank you, uh, thank you, Jack, and congratulations to everybody in chat who just got uh, subs. Clearly, he enjoyed me ranting about uh, the LCS stuff. Um, Mark, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll the story this, you were I, saying, though. I, I'm not going to say that story because you didn't say if you had heard it, too. No, no, no. Either way, what is the story? There's not. It's not much of a story. It's just like... What yeah, were you referencing, though? The story behind what came together? 
like why like where the LAC name came from and like all this stuff. Oh, it's, like it's, all the, it's, all the uh, they have an agency or something. Or all the brand. Yeah. They have uh, what's the I forget the name of the agency. Somebody in chat will say it in a second, but Yeah, whatever. I mean, that was public, right? I just yeah, wanted yeah. to make sure. Yeah, yeah I mean like, like at, yeah. All I'm saying is like they spent a shitload of money, as far as I'm aware, on yeah. like paying an agency to make shit to hype them up. They made Whereas, a video about the rebrand and that like that agency helping them. Right, yeah. So like they obviously spent a lot of money to like create all this hype and I can understand like you know being like well where's all of our hype type stuff and I think I personally am disappointed and wish the LCS had done more to hype up the start of their season beyond dash and a white whiteboard as well but like yeah they they're rebranding and they need to get people in the door so they they spent they shelled out for it whereas we didn't. Yeah. Shelled so, out like, for it. <laughs> well I I I think we should have or something like if if our if the internal LCS team can't uh, handle. I mean, this stuff. like like Kelby was saying about you don't know what the deals they took to get those names on their fucking between game screen is. Same thing's true. Like you don't know what they paid for those ads, and you don't know how effective they actually were. Like yeah, they got four hundred thousand people in for their most hype matchup of week one, but is it gonna be a good long term decision? I don't know. I think yeah. I guess is what I'm saying is like marketing is I don't understand marketing to be well, honest. Well here let me let's test up. this. Uh Dragon Mancers, do you care how much was spent on this or do you just get frustrated that like is spending all this money and That's not a good metric. <laughs> if I fucking bankrupt myself to pay someone to make a baller ass thing for offline TV, that doesn't mean it was a good idea. Hey Mark Mark, I asked Dragon Mancers a question. Sorry. Dragon Mancer answer the question. Uh, I'd say there's definitely a lot more hype for LEC with those videos than like the one. Uh, the the name video was funny, but it wasn't like anything that yeah. hyped me up for the season. So like the one player one wasn't wasn't even close to the LEC stuff. I mean, and that's kind of my point, right? Is that like ultimately you're right. We don't know how much money is spent, but it's the same thing as like. If CLG or Golden Guardians is spending way less money than 100 Thieves or, uh, I don't know, a Team Liquid, like their fans are never truly going to understand that, especially if nobody's coming out and talking about it. And I, I don't think it's it's like an easy sort of cop out. Like, well, you don't know how much money was spent, but like, no, for sure. Spend some money. Spend some money to market the start of your league if you want this stuff to be taken or have your internal teams do something. I don't know. It was just kind of disappointing. Can I, can I say one more thing about sponsorships before we move off it? Yeah. Of a, kind of a philosophical statement, if I may. Sure. I, I think one thing that's super important to me and something that I've talked about in the past uh, that will be interesting to see, aside from just getting these brands on board, I'm really, really hopeful that the deals that were done are something where Kia, Shell, uh, you know, all these guys that have gotten on board with the LEC and these LEC teams are deals that are going to bear value, good relationships, and something that keeps these brands interested in the space. I've noticed that recently we are kind of moving towards an era in which we are starting to get more velocity with sales around non-endemic brands. And in my experience, um, there are people in particular with like really hot commodities. One of the, one of the influencers we represent at Loaded is Ninja. And um, he's had such a big 2018. There are some people that are... I'm just... I'm providing context for what I'm referencing here. 
uh, there are people who are willing to spend what I would call unsustainable amounts of money in order to work with him. Deals that we turn down or I negotiate to lower numbers because I don't want to just take as much money as I can from somebody. It's really important as we introduce people into this space, especially since a lot of the metrics and values uh, for your investments are not known um, in comparison to linear or other kinds of digital advertising. Uh, that brands don't feel like they get burnt. I think the worst thing that could happen for esports as an industry uh, is if we get a lot of these big companies on board, we sell them into unsustainable deals because we can, and they have a bad experience. Um, a lot of these deals were probably done through agencies. It's not like you go through Kia or Shell Direct. They have an agency of record that represents them. And uh, well, most of the time, and LEC probably has an agency representing them, I believe. So yes, and and those people represent a lot of different brands. We work through like Wasserman on Samsung and GMR on Comcast and yada yada. And when you have a bad relationship, it not affects not only your perception and reputation with that brand, but it has a greater spill effect. So I'm really hoping that these have been set up to be like sustainable deals where we show a lot of value in the long term them seeing esports and gaming as a good investment something that i i think we all believe like has a lot of value and is see, is going to continue to see like a lot of engagement and growth and like this is just how people are consuming media in the future like who wants i i guess i won't ramble too much but i just want to make sure and i hope that these guys do a really, really good job on fulfilling these deals so that they continue to invest in the space and, and see us like as a so you'd like as to a see something commodity. more than a rotating logo on the bottom left of the screen. If if that's what you sold and that's the expectation is and the brand feels like they can get value from that exposure, there are some brands that I work with like where they just want to see mindshare uh, for the next purchase decision. They don't need to see like click through or affiliate or whatever. That's fine. But I hope that they deliver on those expectations and that, you know, there's always bumps in the roads and partnerships that when there are those things that come up, you're, you're willing to provide the value to, you know, keep them around and keep them happy. I think it's really two cool. Oh, go ahead. Mark. Two things I'll throw in before we go to break or whatever. One, uh, service level, definitely agree. And like default to trust that EU is not like shooting themselves in the foot with all this stuff that they're doing, but like EU definitely feels like they had the much better off season. Uh, and second, Danon's point about starting a GoFundMe to make a deal with the LEC to see if they'll sponsor Travis or let Travis Gafford Industry sponsor the LEC is a genius idea. Yeah, so <laughs> that's what his his plan is. We make a GoFundMe so we get enough money so that we can walk up to LEC and say, "How much for this?" And then we find out what they're willing to give us, and then we have Mark Kelby on the show give us an analysis of what their rates are and their deliverables and expectations and all that. Sounds like it won't backfire at all. Yeah, not backfire at all. Uh, the other thing I would say is it's really cool that the LEC and LCS and global events have a chair sponsor. And I would love to have a chair sponsor for Hotline League if <laughs> anybody's out there watching. I don't know. It would be great if anybody on the sales team. Uh, Travis, you're being pitched to multiple chair companies, okay? <clears throat> Can we get Mark a chair? Uh, I don't represent cool. Mark. He's on the show, know. though. You represent Hotline League, right? <sighs> we'll talk about it. Look! Look at how! Look at the chair Jesus. that he's got right now. Mostly, you can see his belly, but it's well, this is the struggle. It's hooked on some wires. There we go. Please look at this okay, thing, Kelby. Clip this and then give them this and show them that Mark can give a chair tour live on the show. Look at this thing. I need a new chair, Kelby. Help me. 
Help! I understand this. Kelby, I also need some new undershirts because some of the ones that I've had, you know, they get a little stain here or there. So if you can get me that. um, Can I get a chef, Kelby? Are there any, like, sponsorships with chef cook things for me? What about delivery services? Yeah, that'd work. I I fucking love those. We We can have dinner delivered to us on Hotline League every week. And we can eat it. One second, guys. My Postmates just showed up. <laughs> oh, we're going to break. Uh, let's uh, go get the Postmates. Um, or Club Hub. Or E24. All right. Uh, thank you so much. I know we're uh, selling out right now. Dragon Mancers, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Any final thoughts? Well, it's all very enlightening. Yeah. Uh, it's really enjoyed. I, I appreciate your question. I'm sure it's boring for like 99% of the people, but I really nerd out on that shit, yeah. so... Uh, Jack in chat says, "Drop me an address and Twitter DMs, and I'll send you a Secret Labs chair, Chair of Champions." Hey, <laughs> I'll I'll connect you with Kelby. He works with me on this. Uh, thank you, Dragon Bansers. Uh, oh wait, for- are we are we going through Kelby? Because I was about to just ask, <laughs> get a free chair. If <laughs> Jack, I could. I yeah, Mark's like already got the DM open with his address code. <laughs> I mean, I I don't care about making money if I can get a free chair. Dragon Bansers, thank you. Uh, for the I am call. I'm revenue focused, unfortunately, yeah. Mark. Fuck. We're, All right, I'll hold off. We're doing a great job, by the way, of showing how independent of a brand we are as we're, like, celebrating Jack gifting sponsors. And Mark's like, I'm already messaging you right now. Jack, hook it up. Free uh, share in the background. All right, baby. All right. Next week, you know, if, if Cloud9 goes well, 2 and these guys are, like, super positive, don't worry. They got the recovery. Yeah. They'll be While fine. Jack is here, C9 is one of the only orgs I haven't gotten free free clothing from. Can we, can we go? Of Why don't you just buy their product if you want to support them, Mark? No, I don't want to support them. I want them to give me free shit so I can use it he for He wants bits. them to support him, Kelby. This, you've got the relationship all wrong. He wants Look, it to go. In my hand right here is 100 Thieves TL and CLG merch. Where's my goddamn C9 merch? I didn't pay for any of that. He said, waiting for that DM, Mark. I'm there sending it right there. now. There you go, Mark. You got. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get a C9 care package. That's Mark. Mark is not biased. He would like to receive <laughs> no, free shit from all the teams video? equally. Any of the teams can, <laughs> can can sell. He can sell out to any of these teams equally. Uh, Jack says that's garbage. Give me an address referencing the other merch. So there you go. Whatever. Can we? Can we listen? We need to take a break from selling out to sell out. I'd love to talk to you about our sponsor for the show, Alienware. Uh, they have sponsored basically everything that I'm doing this year. Uh, Playmakers, which I'm filming today, uh, sponsored by Alienware. The LCS coverage that I was doing this past weekend, sponsored by Alienware. And by the way, it's not just me. They also sponsor Team Liquid. They sponsor uh, Misfits, and they sponsor LCS and LEC. We're talking about sponsorships uh, during the show. Sponsor uh, both of those leagues as well. So their commitment to the league space is super cool um, and pretty extensive. If you look at the interview that I did with them at CES, uh, literally these guys play uh, league themselves. In fact, David, uh, who is the guy that worked with me on uh, building out a lot of the sponsorship on the Alienware side, he, uh, this past weekend, we can all give him an applause. He just hit level 30 because as I think he was kind of the holdout on the Alienware side for people who uh, don't play or had, had played league and uh, as he committed to LCS and to myself, he went forth and started playing League of Tony. He says he's addicted. So, in fact, he's been playing at the Alienware training facility because they have 
uh, League Unlocked there. I guess I saw the tweet. Regardless, uh, they're doing a bunch of cool stuff in the space. And they're super committed. Um, in fact, they've been uh, suggesting to me that, you know, even there's like a feedback loop here where if you guys have... I don't, Listen, please don't let me be your, your tech support here, but if you have thoughts on how their sponsorship has been going so far with LCS or in the space, or you feel like there's something you'd like to see them do, uh, you know, you can shoot that my way and then I'll, I'll pass it over to them. That's kind of the feedback loop they're looking for here. Uh, but we want to thank them for sponsoring the Hotline League show and everything else that I'm doing. And by the way, while I'm at it, uh, please do me a favor. I'll go ahead and put it into chat right now. Uh, Dell.com slash Travis. You can check out their uh, products that they've, they've been launching, uh, several of them at CS, by the way, including the Area 51M. I've seen probably uh, shots of that on the LCS if you were watching it this past week. Super sick uh, desktop replacement laptop they've got going on. So anyway, thank you so much to Alienware. Thank you to all of you for tweeting at Alienware and showing your support. I've seen multiple people say that they just bought some stuff because of their sponsorship of me. So thank you so much. And I believe that we are on to the next uh the next caller mark real quick just want to give a shout out to c9 jack sounds like i'm getting a care package nice there you go congratulations um happy for you <clears throat> moving on to the next caller uh a couple of shout outs on well now my beat is covered in jack uh, stuff uh purple ray q crazy connect 85 d mage 313 m hub Boonzo TV, Human Shoes, Zero Zero Snap, XL Gen 27, ICDK, Sport CTC, Kazar 99, Blue J 1344, the What's Up, and then uh, Ateo Brienne. How, how's it shut? Going. Shout out to Brienne, Dr. Manhattan for 15 months, Chess Turtles Bras, Gray Rat Doctor, Itchryu, and I believe we got our uh, caller. Uh, Dead Fox Zero, where are you calling from? Hi, I'm calling from uh, Vancouver, BC. Vancouver, Canada. BC. How's Vancouver? Uh, super cold. Yeah. Kind of misty, though. Kind of depressing, but it's okay. It's Vancouver giant. has a, a pretty active league scene, I feel like. I know a ton of people from yeah, Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have a pretty active, I think, collegiate scene. Yeah. How's, how are you? Do you go to one of the colleges up there? Yeah, I, uh, I go UBC? to SFU. Oh, SFU. Yeah, UBC and yeah. the SFU rivalry. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, hey, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, my topic was basically uh, CLG is going to be 10th place this split, and if they don't make any changes by at least summer, like the, until the end of the split, I don't see them going higher than 8th place ever. 8th place ever. So well, you said 10th split, this split, but you're affording yeah. them the chance to improve to get up to 8th in summer, it sounds like. Yeah, because, you know, CLG potential. <laughs> okay. Okay. To be clear here, you're calling and saying they're going to get 10th place, and then you're give, saying CLG potential to describe them getting to eighth. Yeah, you just got to give them a little bit of faith, you know? You got to believe in CLG. You're... you're. <laughs> but then... Do you understand this, how I'm a little yeah, confused? Yeah. CLG or not? I'm confused. Yeah. No, CLG's going to be 10th place, though. Unless they change up, like, the top lane. All right. Well, this is great because they're the foil of the guy who said that they're going to be making it to playoffs. Uh, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Why are they making... Why are they getting to 10th? Um, okay. Let me just... I think, honestly, if you look at just... The roster is simply Darshan. If you look at especially this 2018 stats, right, where he played the majority, I think, of games, I think only Fallen Bandit played one. But Darshan basically was the worst top laner statistically. And I think the way he plays two is actually pretty garbage. And then you then you would move down, right, to the jungle, Moon and Wiggly, right? 
Wiggly did all. I think he was probably one of the best junglers in Academy. But then he couldn't keep up, I think, with Sensegarin in the finals of Academy. And you have Moon. And I, I, he wasn't good. He was actually worse than Wiggly. So then both of them, I would say, aren't just that great anymore. And no, not even great anymore, but can't compete with the current LCS caliber junglers. Then you have mid lane, right? Mid lane and bot lane, right? That's 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 your strong firepower of CLG. PoE's god. He he can play really well, but is it strong enough to carry them against other LCS teams? I don't think so. I don't I don't think he can actually basically shit on anyone else other than maybe Phoenix. I think Damonte, Niski, Huhi, Pobelter, Froggen. Crown, Jensen, Bjergsen can actually either go 50-50 against them or basically win. Uh, Anfragen and Damonte, I'd say probably more 50-50. And maybe Huhi too. But I think those three, and I mean those four, they're basically the same level. I don't think PoE just has enough firepower to even beat any of them. Then you would go to the ball lane, right? But then I, I just don't think a Biofrost and Six are actually even good enough to beat, let's say, the S-caliber ball lanes in the LCS. You got Team Liquid, you got 100T, you got TSM, and then you just got the other ADCs that I think that are actually equivalent to either Biofrost and Six Day, which is almost everyone. And then you, there's just a lot of examples that I have, but I feel like I'm talking a little too long. So Mark you guys is... Can go ahead. No, you're good. I think... Place. I, I don't want to say this, but... And I don't necessarily agree with every point you're making, but it does feel a little scary right now, just because there was such few like things to latch onto. It's like, oh well, that works in this game, so we can hold on to this idea. Like, uh -huh. you know, Six A and Biofrost were, were relatively disappointing in their game, uh, their first game, where Six A got picked off a number of times and stuff like that. And Poe kind of went for these counter picks on Lissandra two times, but didn't actually like win lane ever and these kinds of things. I disagree, I think, a little bit on like a raw skill level that they're in as much trouble as it, you may, were making it seem they, like they were. Uh, I think PoE can be better than DeMonte, who he, uh, at times, Poe Belter, uh, mm -hmm. he can be better than, for any team that I just had in mind. Oh, Phoenix. Uh, so, like, you know, I, I can see a world where that's all true. I think they're better than a lot of bot lanes, Optics bot lane. I think they can be better. Uh, when they're playing well, then Echo Fox's bot lane of Apollo and Hakuho, as much as I love them, I think they're really consistent. I think Six is a bit of a streaky player, but when he's on, they're better than that. I think they can mm -hmm. be better than uh, Golden Guardian's bot lane. Like I, th I think they have a number of, of opponents on a raw skill perspective that they can be better than in some of their positions. Mm -hmm. But I think the concern is they're not so much better skill-wise yeah, yeah. that they can overwhelm people. And a uh, coaching strategic perspective, I don't know if they have a leg up on people. Like what I've seen so far is kind of weird where, you know, Weldon was in the CLG subreddit kind of going over what they're trying to do with like attempting to get data points on everyone to get their skill levels and stuff like that, where I don't, it just seems weird to like lose a, a third of a season and a whole bunch of a preseason with that kind of stuff. So well, not to I'm, mention, I feel like CLG, especially coming off of last year, you probably want to be giving that team as much confidence as possible. 
And yeah. I feel like a lot of losses tend to just kind of landslide with a team. Like the mentality starts to go to shit. People start feeling like they're just wasting their time or their year, like <clears throat> experimenting mm -hmm. with the roster and not really caring about, well, I'm sure they care about wins and losses, but focusing more on data points and data collection rather than getting the players confident is dangerous, I feel like. It feels like it's too long-term focus, you know, like, yeah, I agree. The, the present does matter still. And like, it's the kind of thing where like, maybe you start with your core five while like looking for opportunities to sub in other people, but to just start doing that immediately seems a little surprising. So on the other hand, you can look at cloud nine last year. I was going to make that same point. Yeah. Wait, right, but Kelby. they, sorry, I, you go Kelby. Yeah. No, no, no. I just, I was going to say, yeah, like you look at cloud nine last year, obviously you have to like, you have to be able to put it together like Jack and Reaper did. And you have to have the talent to warrant it, but it just doesn't automatically mean the end. I mean, Weldon has led a lot of teams to a lot of big titles, you know. Uh, and I personally feel like it's it's still it's one week. It's really hard for me to look at that roster in comparison to other rosters personally and say like they're definitely going to be tenth place. Uh, the the biggest thing that I'm concerned about with that team is like Stixay is this variable that I feel is kind of... He's always kind of been a little inconsistent in like the past mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like he's kind of ending up on the the bad side of consistency more often than the positive side of, uh, of consistency. Inconsistency, sorry. Um, so like, I, I worry about like, you know, wh what place is he actually as an ADC in this league? I think... To, to your point about like C9s swapping that goes on, I think, I think, you know, it's one of those things where, like the devil's in the details because the problem C9 was facing was like they had such good players that they had become slightly uh, complacent with like their work ethic. And this was more of a motivation tactic, it sounded like, while also being able to try people out. And they ended up swapping Smoothie for Zazel. Um, but with the CLG thing, based off the reasoning I saw from Weldon on Reddit, it was basically like, well, we just want to give everyone a chance, which is weird that you don't like. Yeah, you don't have a better in inclination going into the season about who you actually want to start. I don't think they'll be ninth because I think some other team will go crazy boom, like Optic or Echo like, Fox or Clutch. Like there will be another team that just goes so crazy that at the very least, Seals you can get ninth. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. that. I could, yeah. But I, I do, I do question their ability to get it to playoffs this year. I think there's a world where CLG doesn't make it into playoffs either year. And if that's the case, like Jesus, after last year and then going in, and then this year, if they have that issue, that's huge problem for CLG. Yeah, I mean, I'm concerned because I feel like Hooney is good enough to keep Clutch... Based off what I've seen this this weekend, Hooney's good enough to keep Clutch out of 10th. Crown is good enough to keep Clutch out of 10th. Optic, Optic you mean? Or Optic. Crown is going to keep Clutch out of 10th. <laughs> That's Fuck. how good he is. He's going to be down yeah. there at the bottom. He's going to carry two teams at once. Yeah. I feel like Echo Fox's bot lane is, is consistent enough to keep them out of 10th. Like, who is yeah. actually 10th place Who's material? Who's 10th place, right? Yeah. Whatever team blows like, what, up from an emotional perspective, like some team will 
lose it. Yeah, I mean, like, basically what happened with Clutch in, in yeah. summer when, like, it sounded like Febby and them were kind of all just mental boom. Potentially, yeah, mental but, boom, like, right? But I don't... From a skill perspective, I think CLG is doesn't, like, have any inherent... Like, they don't have any inherent super hard carry other than maybe PoE. Yeah. Anyways. So we're all agreeing that it's 10th place. No, I don't think it's 10th place. I don't think it's 10th place because I think another team will will do it. I, I think Mark's point is right that there's people that are skilled enough to, like, try to boost it, but I feel like some team will just implode. Like, Crown and Hooney. I think and Golden Guardians. Only, I think, yeah, I agree with Golden Guardians. I think it Potentially, but Crown and Hooney and those guys are only good enough to keep their teams out of 10th place until they stop trying uh, or until they just get super frustrated or until they lose it and get replaced sure. by another player because now they've just started screaming at their teammates or something. I mean, I, I don't know. But uh, there's always there's, there's skill and then there's sort of the attitude and tempo of the team, and I feel like those could get disrupted. Dead Fox, uh, any final thoughts? Um, no, not at all. Oh, shout out to uh, Travis Gafford Industries. I saw the double lift interview. I, I think he agrees with me that CLG's kind of... Poop. Yeah. <laughs> Peter didn't have great things to say about CLG. I will I'll talk to you later, Deadbox. Thanks. Right. Thank you guys. See ya. Gotcha. You'll talk to him later. Ooh. It's it's been a while since Peter had great things to say about CLG. We always have uh Collins on you know, repeat callers, and I just assume Dead Fox is gonna be one of them. He seems like a thoughtful person. Mm. Travis really hates optic LMAO, says Charlie Smith two thousand X. I don't I mean, whatever you can't ever say anything about a team without people saying they just hate you. Uh, yeah. play, play Migos, uh, Signal. I gotta go to the bathroom. Shadow, shadows here though. Shaken baby, dim light, thick smoke, C9 Jack, and Butt Holtz. Thank you for three months. <clears throat> Shadow, where are you hey, calling from? Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Another Texas caller. How's we've we've heard how it is in Dallas. Why don't you tell us how it is in Houston? Houston, it's. Like pretty chilly. Okay. It's chill. It's chill. I like it. I really just hopeful that by the end of this episode, we're just able to complete a weather map of North America. Yeah. Like, all right, we've got some rain coming in. Uh, we've got shadow reporting that rain coming into Houston soon. Uh, what do you want? What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, I think seal. I mean, hundred thieves will fail this year. Uh, they won't make it to any finals or worlds. This uh, is the caller I was waiting for, dude. Yeah, hey, waiting to get I'm market. Here. Mark needs to come back. Uh, Mark, come on. Um, this is... Oh, I'm losing. Clearly, I'm so excited. I'm losing focus. Um, I... Sp somebody just claimed I hate Optic, and boy, are they in for a surprise whenever we talk about Hunter T. Let's go. Um, I wanted Mark to be here for my victory lap, but if that's fine. I not Look, to be clear, I like... Nate shot. I like Hunter T. They're doing great stuff as a brand. I gotta yeah. say all this shit at the front, and I like their players, but I have been very skeptical of Hunter T, and last week, I got flamed, much like the Froggen thing, for saying that I was skeptical of Hunter T, and I thought that they were gonna lose to TSM, and boy golly gee, have we discovered that Hunter T is maybe not what everybody thought they were, and like, mm -hmm. well, they've got bang is not enough to like make no, no, no. them no, find no, a ton of success. Shadow, why don't you uh, share your side though? Because I've I shouldn't. All right. So, who would y'all say is the worst mid laner in LCS? Oh, I Phoenix. For this. 
You're thinking so Phoenix? Bad. Phoenix yeah. was my gut reaction, yeah. I no, mean, I who think he did not oh, look great this week. Holy shit! Yeah, we're talking about our boy Huhi, dude. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the point, Gil. Welcome to the conversation. Oh my god. Though. Yeah, I think Huhi is real close. Like, right. Huhi has some, like, champions that he can bust it out on. So does Phoenix, to be fair. But anyway, sorry. You were, you were making a point. We're debating 10th place mid layers. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. saying yeah. that 100T is going to fail, and his definition of fail was not make a final and not make it to Worlds. Oh. Is that an accurate summary? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mark. Okay, so since... We Go say ahead. who he's the worst mid laner, and then Bang was playing with the best mid laner in the world like <laughs> last year. And then there's like, out of all four regions, there's like 45 mid laners. Wait. So he went from first mid laner to 45th mid laner <laughs> in all four regions. <laughs> oh Bang. my god. <laughs> I really, I did like the, the Reddit thread after that, that game, maybe it was the second day, where people, it's like Bang. Well, it's okay. Don't worry. Mid lane's got this. You know. Oh wait, yeah. that's not Faker. Like just all the conversation around. Well, that red yeah. thread was great around Bing having to play with who he now. <laughs> Mark he is who he the worst mid laner in NA. Jury's still out a little bit, but he it's a tight yeah. race. It's, yeah. it's a real tight race. Who else do you have down there, Mark? I think, depending on how Froggen works out the rest of the season, I think it's potentially between uh, who he. Froggen. What was the one you were saying before? I just slipped out of my Phoenix? mind. Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. God, I need to start screenshotting Twitch chat when people <laughs> come and scream at me about my opinions and predictions because we went from people telling me Froggen was the next coming of God to Mark saying he's potentially. <laughs> well, so I've place. I've been I've been a Froggen hater for a long time now. <laughs> okay. Just so it's been clear. All right. Mark's you can't hate on dude. Froggen used to be like. God, no, I, don't hate on his, I don't hate on his legacy. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like, Froggen. And, and we should be time. clear here: you don't hate on Froggen as a person either. You like not Froggen. as a person. Yeah, either. dude, is such a nice guy. Yeah. It's so, to, yeah, yeah. To be fair, like the reason that Froggen gets so much shit from people like me is not his fault, but like he has fans who love him for his season two, three, and four accomplishments who can't let them go and see who he is now. So, like, you have to be extra vocal to try and shout those people down. So yeah. like, I feel Froggen like Froggen had the worst stats of uh, last week. Him and I mean Hoover. that's that's two games, so I don't put too much credence in that. But like, yeah, I, I put way more credence in the fact that he has he hasn't made a playoff since 2014. You know, like it's been four and a half years since he's he's made top six in a league, which is not that hard to do, honestly. Yeah, Mark, can yeah. I just point out something very telling that you said about Froggen? What's that? You said that people can't see who he is now. <sighs> Goddamn. Yeah. Puns. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> okay. Back to Hunter T. People, people keep saying for, this is how people defend Froggen's like bad placings is they say like, well, his team sucked. It's like, yeah, so did TSM when Bjergsen was one V four with like the ward joke and they were the number one team in the league. Like you can only use that excuse so far. Like a, a world class player will will carry a team to fucking playoffs. Yeah. Poe almost did it last split with Optic and Dokla and whoever else the fuck was on that team. Okay. Arrow. <laughs> yeah, Arrow big and Arrow's playing like poo poo. So like, I agree. Like I don't think he's been on these like great teams holding them back. But like if he is truly the player people build him up to be, he he could carry those teams to playoffs. Yeah. yeah, the the 
I so I thought that Hunter T. I had them ranked fourth this season. Uh, I thought that they were going to lose these first two games because I have TSM and C9 ranked higher. Um, but after this first week, and again, it's just one week. I always, I've been saying for a while, I'm really not on the Huhi train. And when, like, when, and on, in the off season, when Hunter T could have gotten like Pobelter instead of like Huhi, potentially you would think, or I don't know, maybe not. But like, yeah. if I were Hunter T, I would have been dying to have Pope instead of Huhi. And then like, Afro is like, uh, it was not a strong first week. And I had Anda higher in terms of performance, but apparently he had a really rough weekend. It was just like the Sunday Bang show. And if it's just going to be the Sunday Bang show all split, they're not going to end up in fourth place. Yeah, Bang's not like the solo carry player. Like, he needs like a strong, he needs a stable mid laner to, to perform. Like, if they wanted a solo carry 80, they should have got like Deft or something. But I don't think Bang was the right fit for 100 Thieves. I mean, and I think. So I think the, the the crux of this argument comes down to like, you know, how bad we think Hunter Thieves is going to be because we're we're making it sound like it's all doom and gloom. Tenth uh, place, like, probably semi is at playoffs, like semi right? Which which, yeah, which yeah. all things considered is like, you know, not that bad. No, that's a good uh, shot. Do we right, think they're so like, going to get semis? I don't know if they're going to be top four this split. Maybe not I mean, this split, but maybe one split. Hopefully, I I don't. It's it's a range of things, right? But like, I still feel like you know, hundred thieves. Keep in mind, they had the hardest weekend out of anyone. They played TL and C9, the two best teams from last year. TSM. Who like, or yeah, excuse me, TSM, TSM and, and C9. Yeah, but TSM they, doesn't even look that good. Like, TSM. Eh, they look pretty good. They they should have gone two zero this weekend. They fucked up. And TL, they they play TL next week, right? Yeah, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, so they have a really hard opening. So, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out and uh, blast them right now. I, I still think, like, I think they'll be a playoff team. And I agree with Shadow's point that, like, they will fail potentially compared to last year, depending yeah. on how how good TSM is. I feel like right now it's it's a bit of a race between the, them two and and FlyQuest, who I was actually super impressed with this weekend. Who's gonna get top I four over Clutch. them? Clutch is a top four team, honestly. Uh, we haven't talked that much about Clutch, and I think we have a, we might have a caller coming up about it, but I thought they they basically lucked into their wins. No. They, yeah. they look pretty good. I love this nah. No. Nah. Yeah. Nah, Mark. Yeah. I got to double down on my, my, Wait, my horrible they, Mark, power well, ranking. I got to double down the, on it. Shadow's calling from Houston. And yeah, Clutch is like the that's Houston true. Team. Oh, oh, so, so yeah. he's the biased one, so not me trying not. to pet nah. my power ranking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love How do you feel about Harden, dude? Uh, Best player of the generation? They just lost today by two points or like four points. Harden's carrying like 1v9, just like. Just like. Um, he's playing 1v9. <laughs> no, Hooney's not 1v9. Oh, yeah, there's, no one, there's no one that's 1v9 right now in LCS, honestly. No, I think, I think Hookie and, and Piglet are both pretty volatile uh, and. The only reason that they won their games is, is actually Demonte like stepping up huge both games. I uh, think Lyra is going to be good this year. Lyra looked better than he did previously. I think he'll end up somewhere between like NV Lyra and Clutch Gaming last year. Lyra, mm -hmm. I think I think they're much better than tenth, which is where I put them. So obviously I'm fucking wrong. Uh, but I don't I don't super buy into the two zero like top half of the league thing quite yet. I remember last year Kelby said they were pretenders, and I was telling them no. They're, they're, for real. God damn it, dude. I, I think I think Hunter T 
and spring won't get top four in playoffs or at the end because I think what will happen is you'll have TSM, T, uh, C9, and T, uh, TL up there, and then you'll have either a clutch or, or an Echo Fox or a fly some sort of unique thing that happens. I feel like that's usually how uh, playoffs and LCS splits goes. You have like this one random team that makes it up in the top four slot, and everyone you know forgets about it two years later. But that's my prediction. Jack says yeah. TLTSM, Clutch, 100 Thieves, and Fly are top half of the league. Okay, so there we go. We got Fly. I think Fly will make it into the top four. And yeah, I believe in Fly. Yeah. Um, all right. But uh, so, sorry, the overall conversation was just who you. So, Shadow, you just called a crap on Huey, right? Uh, yeah, and then Bang is not like. I feel like he's not well suited for that team hmm. and what they want to do. Yeah. yeah. Why, why do you think that, just out of curiosity? Can you elaborate? Like, Bang, I don't think he's a 1v9 player. Like, so you're saying he's not well-suited because he can't <laughs> carry his entire team? Yeah, because last year when they had Cody, like, he, Cody's, like, you could plug him into a team and they'll, like, be stable. But, like, I, I don't know the same thing for Bang. You can't just, like, plug him in and, like, think he'll... I, I don't know. I just don't think he'll he'll do well. Like, I honestly. disagree with that because you're saying he's not a one v nine player, but like Cody is not a one v nine player. Cody like like he had really low forward percent, and the way that they like won games most of the time was like Afro and and Medios would play making the the mid to early mid game and like set Cody up and feed him a bunch of kills. So mid to late game when they're like team fighting and shot calling and all that stuff could shine like he was a reliable carry. I think Bane can fit that mold just as well and be even better. So I think like. From a playstyle perspective, I think Bang matches up pretty well. It's just like the game is super fast-paced right now, super aggro. Yeah, and it's not eighty favored. It's not eighty favored exactly. It's so like I just, I just don't, I just don't know if like Hundred Thieves, who has been a traditionally slow team, is suddenly going to like adapt to like the meta. Is mm -hmm. is is a bigger concern as well as you know, like you said, Hoovy and some of this other stuff. Yeah, they right. may move slow, but that merch moves fast. <laughs> Shadow, thank you so much for the call. Any final right, thoughts? Uh, no, that's it. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, keep I'll on see it around. in Houston. All right, I will. Yeah. No problem. Have a good one. Dude, I really like that guy. Me too. Yeah, he's fun. <laughs> I really that like was great. Went from the, the, the number one rank mid, even though it wasn't rookie, uh, to the 45th rank mid is hilarious. All right. Uh, we got... All of Jack's gifted uh, subs. Thank you so much, Jack. Flurry, Boot Chen, Jakers, Alibas, Ike001, Habs 2099, Corey Lulu for 13 months, and then Boba Cola, also for 13 months. Missed you, Boba Cola. Island Aloha is his message. Uh, if you would like to sub or throw a Twitch Prime my way, super appreciated. We're trying to rebuild our sub empire. We got Casey Clark on the show. Casey Clark, is that your real name? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, where yeah. are you calling from? I'm calling from American University in Washington, D.C. American University in Washington, D.C. Appropriately titled. How are things in Washington, D.C. these days? Uh, wild. Wild, yeah. <laughs> Lots of politics. Yeah. I've been, I've been reading uh, lately about some of the politics. Oh, here we go. I've been advised... Never to bring up politics on these shows. Thank you. So we won't. We won't discuss. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah. No, it's okay. Anyway, 
what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So I want to talk about how the LCS should present itself to people who aren't super involved in esports or don't really know the whole deal going on and how Sneaky's cosplay detracts from the professionalism that I think the LCS should show outwardly. And then... Okay, uh, okay continue. Mark, was this in the pitch? <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> this is a unique take. I have this not is heard definitely anyone... Yeah, yeah. I've never heard this before, so yeah, I want a more unique take than who he's bad. Okay. So you think about how traditional sports present themselves. The highest level of competition, right? a high degree of professionalism, the players show a lot of poise in all public-facing messaging, right? Do they? I mean, I would dispute that based off of some... Ray Rice disagrees. Just, just let's, let's let him continue. Talk about practice? Well, as to... I, I'm talking about what the hypothetical goal should be. I mean, that, that's fair. Mm -hmm. um, but so you have people who say that gaming's not a thing, esports isn't real, I shouldn't take this seriously at all. And then let's say they go on Sneaky's Twitter... They're like, oh, exactly what I thought, right? And then in the same vein, you have the Cloud9, which should have Cloud9 should have an image of, okay, we have the best players in the world, the highest degree of professional, and everything we care about is the competition. And I think the cosplay takes away from that. Hmm. Now, the counterpoint to that, of course, is uh, we care about social media engagement. It's okay that we differentiate ourselves. Traditional sports is a big difference. Uh, so I get that, but I have concerns about what it shows, about how much we care about the highest level of competition. Casey, uh, you, you described a scenario in which somebody who doesn't really know much about esports but is trying to learn about it, is trying to learn about it, decides to go to Sneaky's Twitter and browse it. <laughs> Can you elaborate a little bit more on what scenario? That would be that would indicate that a hypothetical one. Yeah, well, I think highly hypothetical because that's my point. Is I don't think that the people who don't know much about esports are like, hmm, twitter.com slash c nine sneaky. Let's see what this guy has to offer as an esports. Like, it's just that's not how people discover esports, right? They discover esports because they heard Madison Square Garden got sold out, or. Uh, you know, some big sponsors coming in or so or honestly, most likely they played the game that the eSport is in. They they start playing league and then they found the LCS and then they find Sneaky. It's like three steps removed almost. Yeah, on the other end, and even in a world where that is the case, I feel like they might go to Sneaky's Twitter, uh, see what's there and be like, wow, I'd like more of this. Where do I find <laughs> where, where could I where could I follow up on this? <laughs> Sure, I guess uh, careful. I, I guess my argument is more conceptual about what the what the messaging and the goals should hypothetically be you're trying to put forward to the public. Which so, is fair. I'll I'll throw a, a bow into Casey a little bit. Like it depends how this cosplay is happening, because like if Sneaky's like ditching practice responsibilities or not upholding like what is expected of a pro player in order to do this then sure, I'd agree it's a bit of a problem, but that's more like a scene I'm problem than a scene, like an entire scene problem. Uh, now, from what I, I know, if if this is correct, which I'm pretty sure it is, it's like, I'm pretty sure his girlfriend is a cosplayer who does most of the work for his stuff, and then he, like, 
goes to this, the shoots and like participates in stuff like that. I don't think he's he's building a cosplay himself, really. I uh, I would and, be shocked if he's skipping scrims or missing mandatory still. Right. So like, I'm pretty sure you know Monday is their off day, and like the KDA one that just came out, I'm sure he like went on a Monday that was his off day to a shoot with his girlfriend, and they they shot it, and it's like not a big deal in terms of like what it's taking out of it. So. That's my number one concern, which I think is pretty much addressed there. It's, it's not a problem from a C9 practice perspective. From a community and how we're being represented perspective, you know, in some ways, if it does turn people off to it, I'm like, great. Those people probably would not have enjoyed our scene anyways. You know, like, if you're not down with trolly stupid shit, like, then you're probably not going to enjoy gaming as a whole. It's, it's, it's a lot of like goofy, weird stuff. Yeah, that, it, it, it definitely depends on what your goals are. The way I think about it, increased viewership, validation amongst the general public. This yeah, is fuck real competition. <laughs> what, what, what viewership and validation are you worried about losing because Sneaky does cosplay and posts about it on social media? Uh people who aren't ingrained with the scene who could care about those things. Well, so, so, like, so actually, wait, let's say, oh, ahead, let's say, say 5% of the population is interested and invested in esports, And let's say you want to get that to 15%. Or is the 10% growth there turned off by stuff like that? Again, I think a lot of that growth is possibly turned on by some of it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying that. <laughs> the the people the people who are who are watching and willing to become invested in professional League of Legends, uh, think about the percentage of the LCS audience that has played League of Legends in their life. What, like, what percentage would you wager that that is? wager 95 percent maybe yeah pro probably right and then of that it's not just like the casual fan the the esports fan tends to be the more engaged person uh like i'm i'm curious about a scenario in which you think like we have to adhere to traditional sports expectations and norms for esports i i was a huge traditional sports fan all the way through junior high and high school and now I don't personally follow traditional sports much because I don't have cable and no fucking way I'm going to get cable. Uh, and I, I love esports. There's nothing about what Sneaky does that inherently is unprofessional to me. Like, it's, it's, it's like a, a weird word to use to associate his cosplay with not being professional. Yeah, actually. Right. Like, and, go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, like, if, like, a cosplay shoe while, like, maybe, like, seeing a crossplay is a little weird to some people, it's, like, from a professional level, it doesn't take any more time than, like, a shoot for a product to promote something or any other kind of well, photo shoot that you do. And, Casey, was, what am I, here, let's just take a question here. Do you think that the NBA, like, let's say, um, what's the Rockets guy that are we with the crazy? Dennis Rodman? No. No, no, no. Uh, James Harden. James Harden. Let's say James Harden wanted to start doing gender, well, not gender bend, uh, cross-dressing cosplay. Do you think the NBA would, like, fine him or prevent him from doing that? You don't even need to ask that. Dennis Rodman already did this. He, like, wore dresses and makeups and, like, dressed like a clown and shit. Like, it, it, I, I, it was fine. 
people thought it was crazy, but it was fine. It's not the gender uh, so much. I, I was actually thinking about going on in the waiting room. It, it, it's not the fact that he's dressing up and that's the concern. It's just the fact that he's dressing up in general. Like, I would probably root for the Golden State Warriors less if Steph Curry dressed up in a teddy bear outfit or something. I don't know what the traditional sports analogy is. I sure. mean, uh, you might not, like, as a fan, you might not be drawn to someone who has a goofier side when you're expecting, like, the highest level, like, you want the super serious guy, like, you're drawn to, like, the Kobe's of the world. But that doesn't mean that other fans aren't drawn to the sneakies and like the goofier guys and the ones with a sense of humor who like understand that like, you know, there's other elements beyond just being like a machine drawn to be the best. So like, yeah, I, I think it's yeah. it's not any more harmful than any any other person who has shown themselves to have a larger personality outside the game. Yeah, Don't I, we I, think I that's... Ad- Sorry. No, no, you're fine. Continue. I, I'll, I'll admit that I was attracted to Team Liquid because I got a sense that they were the team that cared about it the most and were the most professional in terms of how they practiced and how the team uh, worked with each other. And C9 might be the goofballs or whatever the scene. Hence, I'm a liquid fan. <laughs> and I think that's really good that those that those teams have distinct brands. If mm-hmm. everybody is pushing for the same thing, like you're just going to have a bunch of carbon copies of yourself. I, I think that it's like... I would say a pretty understood fact that like Sneaky's cosplays have helped elevate his profile and popularity within the scene. If mm-hmm. anything, I, I'm sure, and I'm not speaking for Jack or the C9 brand, but I would probably think that if I were to guess, they would view it as a positive thing that he has added. It, it allows people to attach more personality to this person, which is always good for, for building fandom, as long as you're not like doing it in some like, you know, hateful or something way but certainly what what sneaky is doing is something that is uh you know like breaking down norms barriers and expectations and opening up to i would say a broader demographic uh than what you would like normally associate with somebody who's just like i don't know uh like a a carbon copy personality if everybody's supposed to be the same way i think that's one of the things that's really great about gaming and esports is that uh we are different from traditional sports in a lot of those ways. And I think that's totally fine. If you want to like a more professional team and somebody who's, you know, like more straight laced, like team liquid, that's great. That team exists and they are there and they are focusing, you know, like that exact personality for you. And then there's the C9s who like have definitely, especially on social, like moved to be more of like the Mimi team and, and people who are like producing content in that effect. And I think it's been awesome. I've really, really liked personally. That's just for me, like what what C9 has done there, and I think that you know it it helps flesh out their fan base and allows them to get more attached because they have more of a distinct personality now than before. But that's just me. Yeah. Hey, Casey, thanks for the call. Uh, is there any final thoughts uh, as we wrap up the call? Uh, thank you for having me. And in hindsight, I think my forte is not branding. Well, thanks it's, so it's much. It's okay. I think like it's a really good conversation. Yeah. I no, I, that's why I was, I was happy to pull you, dude. It's like this is something that I think some people don't even think twice about. So even yeah. if we don't agree, like fuck, I'd rather talk about it than not. Sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah.
All right, moving on uh, to the next caller, we've got a couple of shout-outs to make. <clears throat> we've got um, Gunsit. Thank you, Gunsit, uh, for the sub. Uh, Boba Cola for gifting one to Baby Mochi. Chaos3136, thanks for the Prime. Uh, Jimmy Voop and Fury, Fiery Lightning, uh, both calling in. Or thank you for the subs. Uh, should have another person in just a second. How you doing, Kelby? Oh, here's our <laughs> next person. DexFactor777, mm -hmm. seven, seven, seven. welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Where are you calling from? Hutchinson, Kansas. Um, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, that uh, C9 will be actually better with Niski instead of Jensen and will win the summer split, if not the spring split also. Uh, so go ahead and uh, let us know how. Okay. Well, um, I've always had, I, I mean, I like Jensen. He's done well with C9, but I've always got a feeling like he didn't fit into the culture uh, fully. Um, it Sometimes in like videos and that, it almost seemed like he didn't want to be there. And like, I know Niski just got picked up, but like watching a lot of the uh, prep into LCS videos and like the, the get hype for C9, it seems like he's a really, really, really good culture fit. And I think it's going to really allow the team to gel really well and their teamwork will improve that overall i would say jensen is probably one-to-one -one a better player in a 1v1 but i think niski will work better with the team and then by that they'll actually be be better in the long run um, because i think their uh mm -hmm. team liquid will end up finding those problems that uh Jensen can kind of have. How do we feel after the first weekend, Mark? Um, I'm pretty happy with Niski's performance overall. I, I put C9 number two in my power rankings, I believe. And after what I saw, I pretty much stand by that. Um, he had a bit of a rough game starting out on Zoe, but I would chalk that more up to like nerves of the first game, and he kind of settled into it later on. And they were going up against what I think is the best team in the league. So like I didn't I didn't walk away from that being like, oh man, this game missed some Zoe cues. What do you do? You know? Uh so overall still pretty confident in them. And obviously he bashed who he in the second game. Uh whether or not Niski is, is gonna put them over the hump though is a, a different concern for me. Um you know, I've heard behind the scenes some difficulties of working with Jensen from the junglers he's worked with and stuff before and general things. But it still felt like at the end of the day, like Jensen was enough of a... I, I heard he's very demanding about like what he wants and stuff like that, but it, it felt like he was good enough that like the problem never came down to like him working with te like teammates or anything. It, it felt like... He, Jensen himself had a, had a bit of a choking problem on the the uh, final stage, and he'd be fine at Worlds for some reason. Like I don't know why it was that way. And for the most part, he he still played pretty well. Um. So if if C nine does get over the hump, I think I'd attribute it less to Niski himself and more like Licorice continuing to develop from his his rookie year and Zazel continuing to de develop from his rookie year and Niski being a good Jensen replacement because. I think while that finals between C9 and TL wasn't close last summer, I think given what we saw at Worlds, like they were actually a pretty close team. 
And so if C9 does win spring or summer split, I don't know how much of that right now I would put on Niski versus like the continued development of the young players, which to be fair, Niski is young, but like uh, more of an overall team growth perspective than like a Niski put them over the hub. I will say, Mark, I agree like literally 100% with everything that you just said. I also had C9 number two. And I think that if they if they do go number one, it will be for the reasons uh, that you just said. But it's not going to happen. And the reason that <laughs> it's it not... Is it 0% chance, Kelby? Is it zero? The reason that it's not going to happen doesn't have to do with Niski or Jensen or Top or Jungle. It has to do with bot lane. And the fact that North America runs through Peter Pang. My boy. All right? Since Doublelift won his first split, in every single split he's played in, except for mm -hmm. one, which he, his uh, team... To be fair, he joined TL halfway through, right? Is that the split you're talking about? No, no, no. I'm talking about the split after uh, he joined TSM and they lost to CLG in the final. Oh, right, right, right. He lost his first split on TSM. Uh, I'm not counting the, the Team Liquid split. That was, like, save me from relegation split. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Every single split he's played since he won his, his first one, except for one, has gone through Peter Pang. He's the best player in the history of North America. He's not given up the title. And I think that him and Core JJ, they're just the difference. Like, I, I'm sorry, but, like, until I see it happen... It, it, NA goes through Peter, and I don't think he's going to give it up this year. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, I'm super interested to see how everything plays out because, I, like, the fun thing for me is that I just feel like this is like such a great rivalry that is uh, occurring. It's like super fascinating to see how this all plays out, and with. It's funny because I talked to Niski this past weekend and he's like, well, like it doesn't feel like there's that much of a like rivalry particular. I'm not super interested in like talking to him or sorry to uh, competing against him or fighting against him in the mid lane versus like other people, obviously Jensen. Um, but it's like kind of funny that people have pulled this all together. By the way, if we can get some mods in the chat with the spam, um, it's. Spam away, Twitch chat. That's what you're here for. What are they spamming? Oh, actually, maybe not. I can't ask. Uh, it's Jensen is an NA hater. Is that the one? Yeah, they're yes. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> I don't know either. Just spam, dude. Yeah. Jack started it, they said. I don't know. Ban Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, whatever. Um, I don't know. It's super, super fascinating. I don't know. Do we have any other final thoughts on on this before we move on? I mean, I think no. C9 is the only team that would threaten TL, in my personal opinion. But we'll see. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, thanks so much to Dex Factor for the call. Any final thoughts at the end here? Uh, no. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, and uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good one. See you guys later. Thanks, dude. So we're winding down right now. Uh, we only have one more caller, but we're trying to move things along quickly because uh, we're running out of time here. The uh, show's supposed to end in about five minutes. Um, so really quickly, thank you to uh, Aitison for the sub and Bobacola for gifting a sub to Helios, LOL. Um, let's move on to uh, the last caller.
He's oh, here. Tom Shu, Tom Shu rejoining us. What's up, Tom Shu? The regular. Oh, hey guys, how you doing? Hey, good to good to have you back on the show. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yep. So, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, so yeah, let's talk about FlyQuest and how they got the two O in the first week. So, <clears throat> I'm trying to get your opinion on like what's making FlyQuest do so well on the onset. I know it's sort of because they had a bit of an easy week. I think they beat Golden Guardians and Optic this week, if I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, that's yes. Something? Yeah, I think it's Golden Guardians and Optic. Yeah, yeah, it was it was Golden Guardians Optic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what? yeah, and, and I'm yeah. sure everyone was pretty down on them from the beginning, from the start, because you know, uh, basically like uh, NA players, uh, Poe Belter is just his NA mid laner; he can't really get anything done, and Viper is an unknown talent. So, uh, and, and then it ha- then actually week one actually happens, and they just start like popping off. It, do you think it's more because of like their individual skill, or is it more because of the team play that they're managing to get done, even without Saint Vicious, that's making them succeed? I think it's uh, two things. One, uh, people underrate Poe Belter. Like I have vocally kind of blasted him at international play for not being able to hold up, but I I maintain that in North America he's a stud. I put I said that in my my powering video. I'll say it again here. Like he's actually really really good. Um, maybe he gets exploited on the international stage. You're like, guess what? So did Crown, and Crown's crushing it in NA right now too. Like, I think Pobelter's really, really good, and like, we haven't seen him be the focal point necessarily of a team before, where he's like the main carry. But like, he's won multiple championships. Really good, uh, and and some of those he's been the MVP. So like, he's definitely underrated. I think in a lot of people's minds. Um, for me, the reason I think I had them lower, which was, I think I had them seventh just outside playoffs. Um, one, I think I undervalued their summer split performance and spring split performance where they were, you know, top four in regular season of summer, I believe. Um, just due to like their general team synergy and cohesion and stuff like that. And second, I think people get like really hyped in the off season when they see roster moves and they kind of assume the best of people like, Oh man, if, if who he plays like this, uh, excuse me, who he plays like this and piglet plays like this and Lyra plays like this, they're a top three team and same for golden guardians and same for all these other teams. You start like building up a narrative in your head. If everything goes back to how they were at their prime, whereas a team like, you know, FlyQuest, the players at their prime isn't necessarily like the sexiest thing in the world, but they're all really, really good. Uh, and so you kind of underrate them and overrate other teams. So now that I've seen them play for a weekend, like I like their strategy and the comps and the drafts that they're doing. And I've always liked Invert, uh, who was the academy coach for a long time. I've always liked him. I think a lot of their players are really good. I was a little concerned about Viper, but it feels like for the most part, he's not, even if he's not as good as he looked in the first week, he's not so bad that he's going to really hold the team back or anything. And he has potential to be good. And then overall, the team is still really, really, really good. So I would, I would put them as a, as a top five team for sure, maybe higher. I, I would put them as my dark horse for finalists. If, you know, TSM and 100 Thieves don't work out, like maybe they can somehow get there. They would, what they about would, they C9 would be, and TL? Yeah. So I think C9 and TL are my favorites for finalists. Okay. If yeah. one of them didn't make it, I would say like FlyQuest might actually be a dark horse depending on how much T- TSM and T- uh, 100 Thieves shape up. 
Man, what I feel like nobody would have said that before the start of this weekend. No, no, for sure not. Yeah, yeah. They definitely took the many... GGS throne. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a uh, follow up question though. Uh, do you think this kind of like performance from FlyQuest is actually sustainable? I was looking through some of the stats, the advanced stats that I got from Oracle's Elixir, and I noticed that all of the all of Clutch's uh so all of Clutch's laners did tend to have negative CSDs at ten, which sort of seems like their like their laning seems a little bit subpar, and especially against teams like Optic and uh, whoever they Golden Guardians, which aren't necessarily the absolute strongest of laners which can be a little concerning against better teams like C9 and TL. But one thing I did notice is like every, all of them except for um, Viper had like kill participations in like the top three. Like, is this kind of, oh, we're just going to not be able to crush lane, but we're just going to like try and dominate and just send more people to fights. Is this actually going to be able to work over the long haul as other teams start, are able to like, you know, get their synergy going and be able to hopefully match that? I think... Anytime you're using two game sample size as stats, it's it's really unreliable because like people have played different matchups. Uh, maybe someone had like a bad game, you know, like who he died to Broken Blade a bunch, or who mm. God, I keep saying who he instead of who he. I'm fucking up so bad. I do it all the time. Yeah. Who he died a bunch to Broken Blade. That's gonna fuck his stats up. Maybe he played bad and then he got snowballed on in, in a pretty volatile matchup. That doesn't mean who he. It's like permanently that guy. So I, I don't mean, trust stats. Like, do you really consider Pobelter and like Wild Turtle to be like dominant laners though? Like no, maybe that's Viper, but like yeah, I haven't it, said that, that, have I? I mean, that's what you're implying. No, I'm not. No, he's just saying that stats over two games is not a large enough sample size to draw any results. Right. That's all I'm saying is like I don't give a fuck what the stats say right now. I'm using purely eyeball tests. Like I think they looked really good out of laning phase and i like that a lot um i thought their drafts were smart i think their players are good i'm still a little concerned about viper but hobelter has never had a problem in north america realistically and i don't think that's going to start this season so like yeah maybe they're not dominant laners but i don't think you need to be a dominant laner to be a top five top four team in north america so um i'm just saying that like Based off what I saw this weekend, I'm a lot higher on them than I was before because I think I bought into too much hype on some other teams. Um, and, you know, depending on how things develop from here, I would say that they are a dark horse for, like... Dark horse means unlikely, right? So, like, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're going to make top two, but I'm saying, like, of the teams that played this weekend, I would still take TL and C9, but then I would actually put FlyQuest third as most likely. But that's going to change. This is purely a week one reaction, I'm saying. Uh, and I just noticed in chat, Corey Lulu just typed, you literally just call the team a dark horse for a two-game simple size, just saying. And I didn't use stats. I'm just well, saying well, the stats. You're, you're still using a two-game sample size. It, right, but you were saying based off advanced statistics I, I saw about CSD. Like, I don't give a fuck about that. I'm saying based off what I saw. That was what I was critiquing was the, the stats. It's the same And I'm thing. still... That's, All right. that's Come a on. stretch. Come on. <laughs> Oh uh, come on! What? Well, it's still it's still two game sample size is a two game sample size. Yeah, it's yes, just, but I'm not saying that like what I saw this weekend is end all be all. I'm literally saying based off what I saw this weekend. I'm just saying that like stats 
Yeah, are and this a is super and this big is stretch on the two game sample size that I I was analyzing this weekend. Like you're saying, it's different just because you have an eye test. Like it's not it's better than mine just because I'm using stats. No, no. no. I, if if I may, I think what Mark is getting to is that mathematically there are issues with using numbers in a in a two instance sample size. Like there is a reason a no no statistician will yeah. ever. A statistician would never use a two-game sample size right. for anything. Yeah, yeah. For, for, for drawing conclusions based on the math. A data expert, a statistician, a math expert, no one would ever use a two-game sample size for anything. So all you can rely on right now is an eyeball test. And I could be fucking wrong. I'm not saying I'm better than math. I'm just saying that like no yeah, yeah. one would ever do that. Right. Okay. Yeah, I see. I still, I still kind of disagree because it's like you can like, it just depends on like based on your eye test. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. I'm getting flamed by chat. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're chat, chat. Ignore chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chat, 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 chat is fine. It's, it's a, it's a fine discussion to have, but I do think uh, we're starting to run out of time here. So anyway, thank you so much, Tom. Do you have any final thoughts before we uh, start to wrap up the show? Uh, yeah. Quick shout outs. Um, uh, anyone who uh. Honestly, if I'm kind of sad that Mark Z isn't casting Academy this year, I really miss him because I'm still watching Academy games this year and not having the right. Sorry, dude. Sucks. But uh, hopefully, you come over there and be able to play for playoffs because I like listening to you cast. It's fun. And remember to support your NA mid laners because one like is one NA mid laner. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. I appreciate the yeah. call. Thanks, no Steve. problem. Yeah. Have a great night, guys. Yeah. See you, man. All right, let's wrap up the show. Uh, Mark, any thoughts? Anything you want to throw out there at the end? Uh, nope. Uh, I'm excited the season's back up. I'm excited to be arguing with chat and callers and everything again about how good people look. I'm excited to get shit wrong on the desk. Um, get shit right, hopefully, as well. And uh, check out next week for offline TV stuff. I know a lot of people in the league community don't love offline TV because it's kind of like vloggy and lame. But we are going to be making a lot more cooler shit, which should come out next week. Nice. Looking forward to that. Kelby, what do you got for us? I have, I have a really important thought for chat, actually. All right. So I want you to look at me. All right. I'm a, I'm a 30-year-old male. I want, you to, I want everybody, if you haven't already, to go and watch Meet Joe Black. Okay? And then when you're watching the film... Think about the fact that Brad Pitt was 35 years old when they filmed that movie. That's all. Oh, that's a great way to end the show. <laughs> can, uh, I watch, for me, can I watch uh, Hike Club instead? How old was he then? Uh... I don't know. I mean, you can look it up, but I uh, Fight Club is trying to present a different aesthetic of Brad Pitt than Meet Joe Black is. Meet Joe Black is like the cleanest cut that you could you could probably see him right the freshest face as it were yeah. also it's a great film you should just check it out i'm glad we got the movie recommendation here at the end of the show uh for everyone uh this has been hotline league episode 61 be sure to check us out on youtube uh podcasts etc and because uh, a lot of people don't know, we do an audio version of this. Thanks so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Thanks to Mark and Kelby for being on. It was great to have Kelby back after uh, a couple, uh, like a month or so. It's been a bit. Yeah, so. it was really fun. I enjoyed it. 
And thanks everyone for watching. This has been Hotline League.